This episode of the Garage Build Podcast was recorded live in the Hell on Wheels Law Friend Studios. The Fran Hosh Law Group, Palm Harbor, Florida. Personal injury attorneys. Go to lawfran.com or call 1-800-LAW-FRAN. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for 20 years. You're a craftsman, so you spend a little bit extra for tools made in the USA and guaranteed for life. Why should your workwear be any different? Let's face it, you work in some tough situations. You need tough workwear that works with you, not against you. 1620 Workwear builds the toughest, most comfortable workwear right here in the USA. The science is in the fabric, from fit and finish to comfort. 1620 Workwear has a fit for almost any environment, no matter your trade. 1620 Workwear is ready to go to work right away and needs no break-in period. It's also guaranteed for life. Visit www.1620usa.com or follow on Instagram at 1620USA. 1620 Workwear, American-made and guaranteed for life. Badlands Lighting Modules has brought American-made products and values to your garage for over 30 years with the best products and best warranty available in the industry. And since 1999, NAMS Custom Cycle Products has created American-made wiring solutions for builders and bikers alike. Today, Electric Lighting Company Products offers the best in aftermarket lighting for your Harley-Davidson Indian or custom-built motorcycle, period. Visit your local electric lighting dealer or electriclighting.com. That's electric, L-E-T-R-I-C, lighting.com. Hello, Garage Build Podcast listeners. I'd like to talk to you today about a product that I use every single day, and I'm proud to be associated with them. It's a company called Fix Your Lid, and they make grooming products that are available at all Target stores or online at Target.com. Here's what you need to know about Fix Your Lid. Their most important claim is that they source every one of their raw materials in the United States, down to the boxes they arrive in. Basically, if it's made in another country, they will refuse it, even if that means spending significantly more money to do so. I use their shampoo and their pomade, but they also make conditioners and hair gels, and most of their products are available in trial sizes or travel sizes, whichever you choose, and they're not going to break the bank. Again, these are made in the United States of America, all the way down to the raw materials and even the raw materials to make their packaging. So go to Target.com or follow Fix Your Lid on Instagram at Fix Your Lid and get yourself some high quality grooming products made in the good old US of A today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hell on Wheels Garage Built Podcast. I am your host, Jason Hallman, and I have an awesome guest for you today in episode 40. It's John Jessup from Dream Rides by John. John and I have made friends over the last year, and he and I kind of operate in the same space, just very, very many miles apart, and he's going to talk about some big things that are happening with Team Dream Rides, and I'm sure you've heard him before on Jace's podcast, the Fast Life Garage podcast, which I highly recommend you download in your Spotify or your iTunes or wherever the hell you get your information from. Again, this episode was recorded in our mobile studios, the Law Fran uh, mobile studios, the courtesy of 
the Fran Hosh Law Group in Palm Harbor, Florida. Good friends of ours. They've always championed all of our causes here over the last 10 years, and we're glad to call them family. And uh, we're working on a lot more digital media here for you here in the next, uh, I would say, 60, 90 to 120 days. Expect lots of good things. So without further ado, I give you John Jessup from Team Dream Rides in Stockton, California. Say hey, man. No. <laughs> I mean, I we yeah, you know we I'm... talked a little bit like but when we did this uh, the night before last, it got a little out of hand, but there was a lot of alcohol flying around. The easiest thing I tell you is just kind of keep this right here and get yourself comfortable wherever you're yeah. at, and and if you want to say something, you can chime in too. I mean, I'm there. We'll get you going in here. So, um, John Jessup, Team Dream Rides have quite a week. Yeah, it's been an amazing week. So you started out with. Um, you rode here. Yeah, yeah. We So uh, let's talk about that. That this was uh kind of a dream come true for me to be honest. Um to be able to ride a motorcycle across the country. Something I've never done before. You know, I've Especially that side of the country is quite a bit it's uh riding across the Midwest is very anticlimactic. I've done that before. And it's a lot of trees, a lot of flat roads and a lot of straight roads. But coming from you're up in Stockton, right? Yep, yeah, we're so, in Northern California, about an hour south of Sacramento. Okay, so you're about an hour north of the Bay Area then? No, I'm an hour east of the Bay. Okay. And an hour south of Sacramento. So, you know, okay. right in the Central Valley. And that Sacramento is the, the actual, that's the... Um, the capital. The capital of California, yes. correct? Yes, yeah. Correct. So, you guys, what? tell me about your route. Okay, so we started off in, uh, we left the Arlen Ness... Uh, compound there in uh, Livermore, California. Right, it's on my bucket list of places to go. Yeah, it's he's got quite the museum of motorcycles. Anyways, so we left there, went down to Mammoth Lakes, okay. which is uh, kind of the eastern uh, Sierras. You know, All right. getting eh, I don't know. Anyway, Mammoth Lakes. Then we left uh, Mammoth Lakes. About six thirty in the morning, Mike and I—I I had quite the rough morning there. <laughs> I barely had because you had a really good time the night before. Yeah, we had a really good time with uh, uh, in Mammoth Lakes, the the restaurant area. You could not go inside, so the Mexican restaurants were handing us uh, basically half gallon jugs of margarita. Yeah, that's a that's an interesting um, that is an interesting obstacle to try to overcome yeah. like what's going on right now like with the social norms things that they're talking yeah. about and that i mean it let's face it it's everybody's had to deal with their own little private yep. little you know i, I can't imagine that, being in the restaurant business screw that but no right ne- needless to say let's talk about the motorcycle business it's still I, crazy too <laughs> i i got three sheets to the wind it was uh it was quite the fun night then the next morning i could barely get my Bike off my kickstand. So you've done you've done hotel. You're doing hotels on this ride, right? So how many hours or how many miles are you guys getting in a day, approximately? Probably about 450. Okay, so not a hateful amount of miles. No, no, it it was a big group, though. 
Yeah, big group, but it, it was pretty neat the way they were riding. Um, this is my first trip uh, trip you, with them, and and uh, and so who you were riding with? Some, I was, some uh, rather distinguished gentlemen, yeah, gentlemen in the know, industry, I, right? I was riding out with the hamsters, you know, cool. with Corey and Corey Ness and Zach, just a Zach, and you know, a ton of really, really good, good people. You know, um, that in itself was. You know, pr- pretty. Uh, I was trying not to be a fanboy. <laughs> it's tough sometimes. It's I catch tough. myself sometimes, and I'm. You know what? And that I get the the space that that occupies. You're kind of like, oh, you know, you, it feels like it maybe is a little embarrassing until you realize, wait a minute, I'm I'm actually riding with somebody that I feel this way about. That I want to get to know and I want to emulate, and it's it's actually it's it's a very uh, humbling experience if 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 cared for in the right. Well, absolutely. In the, in the so, right space, right? So, so for me, uh, there's nothing more important to me than the motorcycle industry and right. what we get to do for a living. You know, I, I think that, that I hold it in kind of a, a a special place in my heart and that it's not something I take lightly. I noticed that, that you are somebody that I, you know, I always tell people that the, probably the biggest, single biggest attribute that I have is that I'm a fan but the single biggest limiting factor I have is probably that I'm a fan. And you're somebody that you, you're genuinely, I can tell that when you're talking, you're talking in earnest about these people that have paved the way for us and, you know, have, have given you little snippets of wisdom, right? Well, not only that, but without these guys laying the, the pavement for us, I probably wouldn't be doing this for a living. Yeah. And, I mean, and there would be a lot of us guys in similar shoes who who may you know maybe there wasn't a custom motorcycle industry that yeah. these guys pretty much invented pretty much you i know? mean you know it, 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 in one generation plus or minus away from from those things definitely you know yeah. i mean it's it's easy to 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 draw that parallel and that that lineage right no it's without a doubt and it, it's some you know for for me to be able to ride out with those guys you know that you know how you get a, maybe a little emotional when you're hungover, and <laughs> I was feeling a little vulnerable. A little vulnerable. <laughs> you know, and 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 Mike and I, uh, I, I could barely sleep. I you know going through the sweats and the shakes and the whole nine yards. So we we decided to jump on our bikes at six thirty in the morning and leave from Mammoth to go to St. George, Utah, and uh, that's where Daniel lives. Oh, okay, right on. Yeah, and. Um, I'm going through the desert, you know, just kind of going through my own, uh, you know, the lifeblood flowing back into me after being so hungover and feeling a little emotional, man. And I'm just driving through the desert and there's something magical about the desert, you know, and, and I'm out there and I'm damn near crying in my helmet, you know, going like, I can't fucking believe this is my life. This is and Mike and Mike's just thankful you didn't have like a communicator on with like eight people here and you're just kind of sobbing. I would have been sobbing. (laughs) Introduce your friend. Okay, Uh, this is my good buddy Mike Miller. Uh, He owns Miller Built Motorcycles in Cameron Park and and uh, that's also in California, right? Yeah. How far from Stockton are you? Pull a little closer. We're about an hour away. We're uh, in between Sacramento and South Lake Tahoe, basically. Okay. Lake yeah. Tahoe is kind of that that shares uh, a that's like a border town with yep. with Nevada, right? Correct. So you have a side of, of Lake Tahoe that's California, a side that's yeah. Nevada or something like that, but it's all yeah. one kind of one community. So you ride you ride the first day from from uh, Livermore, 
to to Mammoth to Mammoth the second day to St. George so to St. George St. George the it's now we're on when you get up on the third day you're in St. George and you're yeah. you're departing so where do you go from there so uh we went from St. George Utah to Moab okay and then we uh took a day off in Moab and just kind of hung out at the pool and sh- convalesced know. a little yep, bit yeah chopped it up and you know just had a uh just a chill day. So we have 30 people on this ride approximately, right? Yeah, plus or minus. Plus or minus, you right? Know, There's probably a few people to pick up and leave off and you know, whatever and, the process, right? You know, you would think, so typically when I ride, I like to ride with two people. You Me know, too. And, and maybe not many more because we like to shit and get, and that's about it. And, and it was really neat to see, you know, a, a big group of people be able to really keep homogenize and keep it together, keep it together. You know, a gas stop wasn't, you know, sometimes you get 30 people together. Every gas stops an hour long. Right. Speaking of uh, gas stops, tell them about uh, Goldfield. Oh yeah. Well, (laughs) we, we were going, we, we had to borrow gas from a uh, a fire department. Yeah. And you personally or someone else on the track? No, no, no. It was Mike and I, the second day running, we just, we just left by ourselves, you know, we ditched the group and we're like, okay, we're going to see these guys in St. George, you know, and I, I was, I was in bad shape. <laughs> Do you anyway. find when you're on a ride like that, that you're, you've got so many miles to cover and you've got so many people that are involved in that? How do you, do you find that the people that have done that enough times that they, they kind of have like a, um, a methodology to the, the way they do things. I mean, this is obviously something yeah. some of these, some of the people that you rode with do this every year, right? Absolutely. Sure. And yeah. some of the people that you rode with, this is their first time. I either. Yeah. My first time. Yeah. To yeah. you, you were doing it. This is the first time you've done it as well. Correct. Correct. So what's the, what was the, was there anything on that trip that you're like, I wished I would have brought a insert here? No, you know, I think if anything, I overpacked, Did you know, you? I had my bike loaded down like a pack mule. You 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 always strike me as somebody who's very calculated and, and like not overthinking in a in, in a scary way. Like some people got to take everything with them in no. case something bad happens. But I just feel like you're kind of a uh, easy going, but over kind of a yeah. You know, you know I, I just a comfort guy. Yeah, you know I, I'm in my forties now, and <laughs> and uh, I've I've been in some sketchy situations because I, I just flew by the seat of my pants. So. I had my winter gloves and my jacket. Yeah, because if you get in the right elevation, right, or the wrong elevation, depending on how you're looking at it, it can get. So what's the coldest it got on your ride? Well, when we left Mammoth, it was 41 degrees. I would like to feel what 41 feels like right now for just a minute. So It's been so long. That was an interesting day. We left. It was 41 degrees. It was freezing cold. By the time we got to St. George, it was like 112 or some crazy shit. Hot as hell. Rain? No, uh, we had a little bit of rain coming into Sturgis, but not nothing, nothing. Nothing to speak of. Nope. Which I had my full rain suit. Uh, my wife bought me that for Father's <laughs> Day. That was awesome. I was kind of bummed I haven't got to use it, yeah. but kind of happy I haven't got have, to use yeah, it. Yeah, right. You haven't <laughs> you needed know? it. but So you, you go Livermore to uh, to um, Mammoth. Uh, Mammoth to St. George to Moab. Yep. And so then, now we're four days in. How many yep. days total to get to Sturgis? So we, we left on a Saturday and got there on Friday. Really? Yeah. So this, you're covering how many miles are you covering total? I think we did about 2,200 before we got there. Okay. Yeah. So they're really not pushing to, this is, 
this is about this is this is there's probably some a lesson there in kind of uh, taking your time arriving on t- you know arriving in one piece not overworking the motorcycles not overcooking the oil not uh not having any kind of a a safety problem or an issue right yeah i was thinking that on my way here is kind of observing the scenery you know it was it was uh it was nice so you're gonna so you're here you get here on you said you get here on friday which was just this past friday yep, here correct. the rally's going everything's good um you had you've kind of you've been covering a lot of ground here this week so how did you you had a truck and trailer bring yeah, out one of your other bikes right so, or two of your so other bikes. my my uh, kid sister and her husband jim right which is my best buddy yeah uh they they he's ridden a surgeon a number of times and he's kind of over it so <laughs> so he, he brought the truck and trailer and and brought the the new pro street bike we got done with and uh very nice bike by the way thank you very much i i just i have a soft spot in my heart for all of those pro street you know with the uh the fxr drivetrain in them i just always have yeah no it's it's an amazing bike that uh just sometimes the stars line up right and yeah it ended up in my possession and i was able to with the help of some friends uh brian over at tpj made a gas tank and helped me do really some, okay yeah. i didn't know that that's where th- that came from oh, that's yeah. fantastic no, so you yeah. probably took some giant curved tunnel thing off of it from oh yeah i know the thing oh, was really the thing was hideous you know well you, was, pick, you you picked a fantastic tank that, i mean oh yeah to, do, no, to put on there so uh kind of the inspiration was uh Tom Foster's, or he's on Instagram, is crazy shark. fast fucker. You know? Crazy fast cracker. Cracker. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, fucker, that guy's one of, yeah, cracker fucker. He's <laughs> one of my, he's one of my heroes. Yeah, he really guy's... is. I got the podcast with him, and I haven't released it yet, because halfway through the podcast, my day went to shit, and I, I just told him, I said, look, I'm sorry. I, it's too important to me to not be able to give you 100% of my attention, so um, I have to finish up on that, but, you know, to and he's such a nice guy, dude. Have you met him? I have not met him. Dude, he's so humble and just cool. And yeah, I mean, he's California chill. You know, that's the only way I know how to describe it. You know, yeah. you guys out in California, well, where northern guys are much different than southern guys. I don't know if you know this or not. I don't. But, you know, from our lens so far away from California, I mean, you know, I grew up in BMX and and that's the mecca for that. And, you know, motorcycling, that's kind of the mecca for the part of motorcycling that I like. There's a very different style northwise, and there's a very different vibe northwise where I find that people in the, in Northern California are more chill about certain things and less chill about others, and where people in Southern California are chill about certain things and then really chill about others. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It's such a, it's such a weird dichotomy. When you when you put all that together, so you get here Friday, Saturday, you kind of chill out, right? That's when yep. then, then the yep. events start on Sunday. Basically, we did the FXR show together. Yep. Give me two seconds. Yeah, guys. man, no worries, dude. Right. <laughs> Janine is. Does uh, she need something to drink or something? No, she, she's more she, than welcome to come out here. No, they they decided they want to um, get an Uber home. Oh, okay. Ran them through the mill today, going out riding around. Yes, we did. You can pack a lot of activity in in a week in a week like this. 
I've got to accept all the um, terms of, of agreement. Yeah. Terms of service. Are you guys staying here? You guys are staying at the Holiday Inn at Spearfish, right? Yep. Yeah. They whack you pretty hard for rooms. It's like two fifty a night. Ooh. Yeah. That's kind of expensive. Yeah, a little bit. Thank God I planned it. Ahead yeah. By months, you know. What I normally do is I have a card that's uh, that I use for the shop. That's a rewards card. Yeah. Capital One Spark card. Yeah, yeah. And then all year long, you know, our purchases we get like two percent cash back or something. There and you then go. before I go to Sturgis, I order that check, and that's usually my Sturgis money. You go. I have somewhat of the same thing, but it's like travel rewards. Sure, yeah, something like that always works well for that kind of stuff. So there we go. Yeah, it just puts those. It'll just I'll just put them together All in right. editing. Cool. cool. So Sounds so good. we were talking about um, the travel here. Oh, Sunday FXR show. Yeah, that's where we left off. So let's talk about the FXR show. Uh, first impressions of the FXR show this year. And there's an there's an, ama- an amazing FXRs out there. Uh, my I was pretty blown away. I feel like um, that the community of people that kind of we kind of orbit with really put in a lot of effort to make sure that when they show up to that show, they come correct. And and that's what makes a show good anyways, right, is the participation that happens. If you can get people to build a bike for your show, I mean, it's not even really, to be honest with you, it's not even super high stakes. It's the bragging rights that, that you get sure. when you win that show. That You won it last year, right? You won a class? Or two? Uh, last year we got fifth place with Gwen Shovelhead. You know? And then this year uh, my brother-in-law, Jim, got fifth place with his FXRP. So you won, Then you won the V-Twin Vision yeah, show yeah. last year. L- last year. I knew that you went home with some hardware. Yeah, you, we, brought, you always bring – and you don't bring the same bikes every year either. No, you know <laughs> – the, the the bike bike shows have been great to me. You know, I, I just I build them the way I like them, and and some other people like them that way too. So it works out well. <laughs> That's like when people say like, "Well, you're good at this." I'm like, "Well, I like to talk, and most of my friends like to listen, so it works out kind of well." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, the pro street, you Brian build you a tank on that. Like, yeah. so you you bought that. I mean, how does that fall into your lap? I mean, so, how do you find a row machine? So. He, I'm a, here. I'll, I'll just put it all out there. So I'm, I'm at a bike auction. I go to the bike auction once a month, right? Uh, down in San Diego, and I'm always looking for the the custom bikes that were, you know, usually they might have a cool motor or yeah, one some, or two cool parts that you some can't cool find anymore. Components or, that yeah. I can kind of just morph into something. You know, buy, buy the bike. And, and this one had an FXR drivetrain. It had a Patrick Racing 113. Which is cool. Really cool motor. Uh, and then it had some cool Arlen Ness, old school bar, ball milled stuff that's super hard to find. And um, It's really hard to find it, too, if you can find it. I find it, When I do find it, I seem to find it in not cared for condition. Yeah, yeah. And then so you're buying a, a part that it would cost you as much to power or uh, chrome plate it today because yep. you got to remove the chrome is what it would have been to buy the whole part. To buy the whole part back when the part was brand new. But if it's funny because Ness, even back in the day, lifter blocks, air cleaners, rocker boxes. I mean, those are high dollar parts to to try to manufacture. Oh, absolutely. You really have to think about the way. And I, I know we're talking probably even pre you and I being in the business. Definitely yep. pre you you being in the business when the motorcycle aftermarket had not been um sold overseas yet right it hadn't been it hadn't been you know pirated and 
you know, the intellectual property just kind of eaten up, right? That wasn't such a big yeah. thing. Those guys, I mean, if you had 10, 15 part numbers, you were doing something, and those are some expensive parts to make. Yeah. And Ness, if you get an old catalog and look at some of the shit that he had, it was a real deal. No, there's you know, no doubt you, you about can't, it. You can't marginalize that. That guy really, you know, there's guys like him and Randy Smith at uh, Custom Cycle Engineering that, you know, Randy's not around anymore either. Yeah. Now he's passed on. But those dudes really, I don't know how they engineered stuff. They didn't have CAD. They didn't have, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's beyond me. <laughs> it's I can't even operate in that space. Like, I can't even think of something clever to do to my bike that's, I mean, no, it, it, you it, know, it, as far as thinking of a part. Yeah, if you ever want to feel little... You're right. Just go to Arlen Ness. Go to Arlen Ness's uh, warehouse. And, and just walk around and look at the bikes. Right. You know, for instance, one of the bikes on the ride here, um, Corey said his dad rode the bike here seven times, six or seven times. I'm looking at this bike, and it's kind of a drop seat bagger. It's got, you know, eagle wings on it, you know, kind right. of his deal. And then I'm staring at this bike, and I'm going, wait a second. This is like an FL drivetrain. It's got a, it's stretched. It's got a FL transmission, but it's got a B motor. So I'm going, Corey, and it's rubber mounted. And I'm going, Corey, what the heck? Explain what's going on here, man. Cause I, I'm maybe, I, and it's got a, a soft tail primary, which for some of you listener, listeners, an FL style drivetrain is shorter. Shorter, right. Okay. And the soft tail drivetrain is longer. Well, you know, he's got an FL tranny with an oil pan underneath with a B motor, which is a soft tail motor, soft tail primary. And Corey says, well, my dad wanted the smoothest riding motorcycle ever. So he just cut part of a, a soft tail transmission and, and welded it to a FL transmission. So it would take the B motor and then it could yeah, be. Because the, the pilot on the left side behind, I found that out the hard way doing the, the soft tail that we did with the mids. Yep. We tried. I was like, I'll just put a Dyna uh, nope. primary on it. No, no, no. It was it was like you know welding and machining and yeah. And when you know the one thing about Arlen Ness's bikes is they're not. Some people say, oh, that their work is timeless. His his work isn't timeless in of that you can you can look at a bike and, and know what era it was. One of my favorite builds that he ever did was a. It's not even really, I don't know if red's the right color. It's almost an orangish knucklehead with a bunch of parts that were all speed hole drilled. Have you ever seen that bike? It's in the catalog. There's a picture of me either riding or standing next to it now. And it's like, it's. I'm not sure what it's you're so talking about. It's so far but... ahead of, t of, yeah. of its time. You know, a little cat, it has a little small, but like the fairing that they do, which oh, is, yeah. you know, yeah. that fairing's timeless because yep. you can put it on a brand new bike right now, or you can put it on a 40 year old bike right now. And you know who made the fairing. You know, you, you, but it, it looks like it fits on everything. Yep. How do you do that? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think like that. But when, so. when you go to his place and you look at the bikes and, and you say, there was a lot of doing stuff just cause he could. Yeah. I, I, I you know, and I wasn't there. You still have to have the idea though. I mean, no, he's a gene. He was a, no, gene, a visionary. I mean, you look at overhead cam Evos yep. and just stuff that would be like, how the hell do you even figure that out? I and, don't know. And did you ever meet him? Uh, I met him a few times, you know. Um, I, you know, of course, I knew exactly who he was. I don't think he ever knew who I was other than I can tell you as a, I'm not sure what year it was, but he did a, uh, the Arlen Ness bike show in, in San Mateo, California. And I had done this bagger with a 23-inch wheel. This is probably, I want to say, 
2006-ish, you know. That's pretty big deal to know, do it in well, 06, to have a 23 on a batter. Well, it was, good. we're from Northern California. Sure. And that's kind of, anyway. And he really, he came over and I was setting up and, he, you know, did his typical, the thing I've heard so many people tell me about Arlen Ness. He came and talked to me about my bike and, and. I'll tell you what, I, I was walking around on cloud nine for months, you know? I learned one thing from Arlen Ness, and I learned that you, if, if you listen to somebody, you might learn something, and that there's value in that. Like, um, I'm, I'm small potatoes, but even this week, I've had a couple people come up to me that listen to this, and they're like, you know, um, it was uh, Hang'em High Customs. I didn't know the kid, you know, face to face, but he come up and said, Hey, I just want to say thank you for commenting on my post. And I ended up talking to him for probably two, two and a half hours and had a beer with him. And I mean, shit, I feel like we're friends now, you know, like in, in Arlen gave you that he gave you, he had this much time, whatever time he spent with you, he gave you that time. And it was, it was really, he was never looking over your shoulder to see who else there was to talk to. And I've learned that from him that, that, you know, be in the moment and and give somebody give somebody some time and, and it'll it'll pay dividends. Genuine. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was that day right there that I was like, you know, if I'm ever fortunate enough to be in the position, you know, not obviously, you know, I'll never be in the position of an Arlen Ness or or, or someone I like mean, that. But you know, who knows? In, in, I mean, in a possible. In a, well, you can't be. You know, not to interrupt you, but you're never going to be Arlen Ness because no. there was only one Arlen Ness. Exactly. But you can be John Jessup. Exactly. But what know. what I'm saying is that day was kind of a form of day because in this industry you have guys who come in who want to be Billy Bat badasses. Yep. You know who think they're the toughest or the best or whatever. I've never thought I was, I'm definitely not tough, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I walk around a bike show and, you know, I know every flaw on my bike and I see some really amazing bikes out there. I know I walked up to your bike to look at it. I've been waiting to see it for weeks, you know, watching, following the build and talking to you and stuff on through text. And I walk up and you just start showing me all the shit wrong with it. I'm like, that's not what are you doing? Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, but... you, know I'm like, you don't have to peel back the onion, you know, yeah, I mean, I... it's good. It, it's a great bike. And, and, and honestly, what you showed me was wrong with it is not wrong with it. It's just, yeah, you yeah. find shit out when, you know, if I wish I could get the, all the bikes back that I built just to kind of, re, you know, yep, tighten yep. up a couple things and <laughs> new ideas I have, you know, and it's good that you think that this, co- this close to the finished product, you're already like trying to better yourself. And that's what we have to do. And I think that's what you were trying okay. to say was you have to continue no, to move absolutely. those chains and challenge yourself. Yep, yep. And if you're not going to be an Arlen Ness, but you're, you're, you're going to be a John Jessup for the rest of your life. Cause you already are, but you're doing, I mean, you do some, you have a very different bike shop. I don't think you, I don't know if you have the lens to see that. Like, you know, the rest of us do, we're a thousand feet away. You know, Mike, obviously, you know, he runs his shop differently than you run yours. I run my shop differently than you run yours. And I look at your shop online and what you put out there. And I'm like, first off, all you do is put out positivity. You, I've never heard you complain about anything at all. No, it's And so it's, true. you know, I just think you've, you've realized that that's a currency that doesn't, that there's no dividend from, nope. from complaining, right? I wish I could do that. You know, Cameron tells me all the time, he's like, I've never heard anybody complain more about good things happening than you. And so I've had to kind of, you have to recondition yourself every once in a while and recheck yourself. But you're always kind of, you're doing lots of things for yourself and your family and your brand and stuff. And why don't you talk, can you talk a little bit about some yeah. of the moves that you're making and, and, yeah, no, and what, you know, what, 
this because this next year, 2020 has been pretty, pretty messed up and weird for everybody. 2021 looks like it's going to be a pretty big year for the Jessup family. Yeah. So 2021 and, and uh, your wife's sitting here just nodding, yeah. just nodding and smiling. Yeah. So, so I'm in escrow on a building in uh, Mer- Merville, Tennessee. Right. They'll correct you if you call it Maryville. It's okay, it's Merville, Merville, okay. Tennessee. All right. And uh, I've never thought it would even be a possibility to buy my own building, you know, and have a, a shop that, you know, potentially that I could pass down to kids and that kind of thing. And and the opportunities there to buy a building. And, and we're almost done getting the bank approvals. And I'm really thinking we're going to get them. But I'm so scared to be excited about it, you know, <laughs> that, uh, that, you know, I, I was so thankful. Did you have an older brother or sister that took your toys away from you when you were a kid? No, I just, <laughs> I just know a deal's not done until it's done. No, I get it. The ink has to even dry, right? There's, yeah. yeah you got to get past that 72 yeah. hour writer rescission. And, and <laughs> yeah, good, whatever. Right? Yeah. But, but I was so, we, we signed the papers or, or we put the offer in beginning of June and then uh, to uh, well yeah I'll go ahead and say it. so to I'm trying to become a hamster yeah you know and and it's a, a really really important thing to me because well I think this is you should probably elaborate on that yeah too. so I mean. the reason it's important is because uh, all my heroes our hamsters, right. you know, all the guys like we talked about earlier who have paved the way to do what we do. Well, I'm not saying all of them, but a, a good part of them are hamsters. Sure. You know, and um, my philosophy is, you know, if you surround yourself with the people you want to emulate, oh, there's yeah, a good chance. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't want to be the smartest person in the room. I want to be the dumbest person in the room. Well, that's a, I you mean, that, yeah, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room and you find a new room to get in. That's right? it. So, so, uh, you know, I was lucky enough to be invited to go on this ride and um, I had a sponsor to get signed my papers and all yeah. that kind of thing. And uh, part of the deal is you have to have a custom motorcycle. Right. Well, in the enter F- the pro street in the, the FXR world, we don't cut our FXR frames. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, I have a lot of really nice FXRs. Right. But I did not own a custom frame motorcycle. Right. So here comes the pro street. I had that row frame. I bought it at the auction, and I had just bought it for the drivetrain. And then I found out about mid June. Right after we got back from signing the paper or, you know, getting the offer accepted on the building in Tennessee, um, I found out that, no, John, you need to have a custom frame motorcycle. And I'm like, oh, shit, six weeks. All right, it's go time. So, uh, well, it's a credit to you, too, that you didn't just go to the auction and, and pick one up. And, you know, you didn't, you didn't have, you didn't phone no. it in. You, no, 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 no. I'm, <clears throat> you were genuine. No, this is something that means something to me. And if yeah. I had to wait, wait another year, so be it. But I didn't want to wait another year. So with the help of some friends and, and you know, we were able to build a, uh, what I think is a pretty bitchin' motorcycle. It is. But the blessing in that is going through the bank approval process. 
right. and all this shit that I've never done before. And, you know, it's all like speaking French to me. Um, would have driven me insane if I didn't have a motorcycle to build for, an for six weeks where I wasn't just sitting there focused on, am I going to get the building? Am I not going to get the building back and forth? So kind of weird how the universe works. Have you put any, I mean, have, how much, um, obviously if you're going to, you're, you're under contract in a building in Tennessee. So at some point in time, you're, I'm, I'm assuming your family's not going to live in, in the motorcycle shop. I'm, you know, your wife is very amiable to some change, obviously, but I don't, I don't, she doesn't strike me as someone that's going to live in a motorcycle shop. No. So we both know to, if it wasn't for our wives, we'd live in a, in a van down by, by the, the river. river. Yeah. <laughs> You're sitting in my van down by the river that I would live yeah. in. If not, I mean, this place is nicer than a van down the river. This is yeah. what I would live in if I didn't have a wife. But we're, we're not going to put the, uh, the cart before the horse. No, but I mean, until so we get the building, the, 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 the overall scope of what you're doing is large. How much, what does the motorcycle shop look like in your head so, now, the new one? So the new one, um, well, let's go with the old one first. So the old one is going to remain. Okay. Um, we're not closing it down. I've got a really good crew of guys who are going to keep it open. And uh, part of part of what what's made me successful is having a good group of guys that right. I can rely on. That Because this... Not one of us can do this by ourselves. No. Impossible. You know, and I'm lucky enough that a lot of people know my name and, and I'm kind of the front man of it, but by no means is this something that I do by myself. That's insane. But so you have somebody that you trust yep. to kind of take yep. on the, so, the responsibility that you so have. So the the current shop is gonna remain, you know, we have a lot of loyal customers and people who need to feed their families and all that kind of thing. So I'm not gonna yank the carpet out from under them. The new shop um, is right on the main road that goes to the Dragon. The Dragon's a, a, a kind of a motorcycle tourist destination. Sure, two hundred and seventeen turns and nine miles, or something so. like that. I don't it's, know what it is, but it's something. You it's know. something to that effect, and it go, it borders the. It goes from North Carolina to Tennessee. We're right. on the Tennessee side, um, and. Our shop is right on the main, the highway that goes to the Dragon. So, you know, there's a ton of motorcycle traffic. And plenty of opportunity, right? So yep. it's going to yeah. change so, your business model slightly. It, no, it's your going, service model maybe. No, it's going to change the business model because I, I want to. We're going to do bike rentals. Okay. Uh, we're going to set buy and sell bikes the way we've always done. Right. Have maybe more of a, um, a showroom that has more apparel. And stuff that people would buy on vacation. Yeah. You know, well, and it's going to be a more of a destination. You have a real yeah. opportunity to have a destination shop. Yep. yep. You know, we're looking at a lot of one-hour install items. You know, Very good. Um, I know a shop that does a lot of that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're, we're going to do a lot of... Uh, a lot of stuff like that, that if, if somebody wants, you know... They're on vacation and they're like, man, my bike rides like shit. Well, here's a here's a set of legends. Here's a set of legends or, or a seat or whatever sure. they can we can do to You do a really good job. I I was scared to death. When I met you last so I knew of you before I met you. We had communicated online. Uh when my dad got sick, you were yeah. one of the guys that reached out to me and I appreciate that. I'll yes, never sir. forget that. Uh but 
I wa- I started so I started watching what you did um, through the lens that that is Instagram, and I realized that you were one of the only people I knew in the aftermarket Harley Davidson space that has parts in your showroom. I have moved away. I had moved away from that for so many years because I was so deathly afraid of having product that didn't sell. You know, uh, I've got a black one. Well, someone wants a blue one. I mean, just as an example, right? Or not having the right tires or not, you know. So I had conditioned myself and conditioned my customers to know that they had, uh, you know, I relied on doing a good job for them and getting the parts as quickly as I could for them and scheduling it for them. And I've, I've slowly but surely and getting Amanda in touch with Gwen and them texting back and forth a little bit that they did. Yeah kind of open things up to where now you know it's kind of hard for me to say that we shouldn't stock stuff when someone comes in and i have a rockford fosgate head unit on the wall and we sell it and install it right then and it's kind of hard for me to tell amanda that she can't can't you know can't put stuff in the showroom so i let her do that and i'm like every time she orders a bunch of new stuff i'm scared to death and she's no, like I, relax i got it you know, you know it's it, tough it's, it's a scary proposition when you're looking at tens of thousands of dollars yeah that you may because we both had we both filled our showrooms full of stuff yeah that didn't sell before <laughs> yeah. okay yeah. and that is um, you end up just sitting there or you have to discount it so much you take a loss or whatever I feel and, like and we still have stuff in our showroom and I'm sure you do that you walk by it every day and I swear to God it grew a hand and it's flipping me the bird like <laughs> yeah, nah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah. I'm not sold you know and I'm like why why won't you sell yeah <laughs> you know? Yo, but but for me it was. You know, at some point, you know, I never went to school for this. You know, it was, uh, I, you know, I never went to business school. Yeah. I graduated high school, went to work for Harley, you know, a few other little jobs and decided that I was smart enough to do this. And, and I was by far not smart enough to do this. Yeah, we've but, talked at length yeah. off of these forums about kind of some of the mistakes that we both have made. Absolutely. And I think we've both earned the right to make a couple bad decisions more, <laughs> but yeah. we've also, we've learned not to, you know. Yeah, be a little smarter as we get older. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but you know, the, 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 the hard part is figuring out how, how this is no longer a hobby. This is a profession. Yeah. This is not, this is not something that I'm trying to do to be cool. This is not something I'm trying to do um, for status. It's not casual at uh, all. No. It's high stakes. This is high stakes. This is this is how I feed my family. This is how I'm able to live the lifestyle that I want to live. Right. You know, I, I, I want to be able to go to motorcycle shows. I want to be in Sturgis for two weeks every year. You know, yeah. I want to do that shit, and that's really important to me. So in order to do that, I better take my business really seriously at this point, you know, and, and it took me some years to get to that point. And part of that is having the shit in stock to sell, because if you have a tire in stock, that guy needs it right now. He will pay you to put it on because yep, you have, it. you have it. Not because he's your best buddy and he's going to come back. Cause and he might want a Michelin, but he might have a flat tire. So he's getting a Bridgestone. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But do you yeah. get do you get stuck on brands? Do you do you catch yourself doing that? You know, I right now I'm in love with Metzler Cruise Tax. Okay. You know, I love 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 them. 
Okay. It's one of the only tires that I've ever put on my bike where I hit a corner and you I'm like, there's a notable wow, there's a, there's a huge difference. Most of them are kind of like splitting hairs. Sure. Um, we carry in my shop, I carry all the Dunlop American Elites because there's customers who Harleys come with Dunlops. Easy, yeah. That's so they want Dunlops. And, you know, <clears throat> and, and then we carry the, the, the Metzler Cruise Tax, you know, all the sizes. Sure. Which you have a shop, you know what that is like. Yeah, vehicle to, complexity has gotten a lot harder than it was when I got in the business. Yeah. When I got in the business, you needed a 21, <laughs> a 19, a 16 front. There you go. And that a was 16 it. rear. That's and it. And then you carried a 16 rear and a 130 or an MT. And then yeah. you carried an MU85 B16 and maybe a 150 8016 if you had yeah. some Dyna customers. Yeah, you know, <laughs> or so, heritage. So if, if you own a shop out there and you're listening, the number one advice I can give you is. Drop the dough and have all the tires and stuff. I was just going to ask you, what would you tell somebody who is just kind of, yeah. just kind of getting into it or just if, starting? If you know, the way I started, you know, because it the every we all want to carry the cool guy parts. We all want to have <laughs> just want to have like we, a wall of risers, yeah, and risers and, cool and handlebars and, and grips and all that stuff. But no, if if there's one thing you should keep in stock is brake pads and tires. You know. And, and that's a thousand percent, you know, cause that's where most of your profit comes from is brake pads and tires. Yep. You know, not bike builds. No, <laughs> not, not you any of the... You want to, yeah, that somebody told me, Steve from Stevenson cycle told me if you want to make a million dollars in the bike business, just start with two, you know? Yep. So how do you arrive at, do you throw a dart at the wall? Where, where do you come up with your moving to? Merville, Tennessee. Well, what's the deal? How do you pick that? So I mean, Jean I get the tail of the dragon. Yeah, but. No, so here's what happened. Janine and I, uh, last year, took uh, some time. I always wanted to go to the East Coast FXR Jam. Okay. You know, the FXR thing is pretty deep with me. And, uh, you know, I conversed with so many people online over a number of years and always had a reason why I couldn't go because I had to work and all that kind of thing or... Told me, told myself I couldn't go. Yeah. And Janine and I decided, you know what? We need to go out there. We need to experience North Carolina, Tennessee, and really find a place where we want we want to relocate. Uh, there's so much regulation in California when it comes to motorcycle shops, and then you know quality of life, and you know on and on. We could, that's that's a whole nother podcast. Sure. But but we we took it. We took a trip. We spent a week in uh, Tennessee. We spent a week in um, North Carolina. We really enjoyed North, North Carolina. It was beautiful. Uh, we rode the Outer Banks. That was awesome. But what made us decide on Tennessee was the people were so cool. You know what? I. I my FXR is 124 inch with a RB Racing Pro Stock pipe, which is basically a straight pipe. Right, it's ridiculously loud. And when I pull up to the gas station, and a little old lady says, "Hey, cool bike," <laughs> I'm like, "Oh my god, this is home!" You I know, can't wait that to see you, that doesn't happen at home. Your first year in Tennessee, because we we used to go to Tennessee every year for holidays and stuff, and we have family has a, a cabin up in Jamestown, but. The, once you're immersed in that and you really realize that that's not a show that these people are really genuine these people are really kind and these really these people are you know very very good salt of the earth kind of people you're going to find that you're 
your level of like, <clears throat> and you don't strike me as someone who gets a lot of anxiety, but like everything kind of is a little bit more okay or yeah. <laughs> you no, know what I mean? Well, when you move down south, you could, are you a, are you a West Coast girl too? I mean, I mean, you're from the West Coast. I live most of my life. Okay, so I mean, you're acclimated to kind of how that how that that space is, right? She just want to talk on the microphone. Uh, yes, I am. That's Janine Jessup. Hello. Yeah, this is my beautiful wife. <laughs> so, but I mean, it's a big step. I no, mean, it's you know, it's the scariest thing I've ever thought about doing in my entire life. Have you tracked out how many miles it is from? It's twenty four hundred. That's a lot. That's twice yeah. as many as Karen and I moved. We yeah. moved twelve hundred miles from Detroit to Tampa. Yeah. It's so, a lot. It's it's a lot. Um, thank God I'm blessed that right now we have somewhat of a national brand and and yeah. we're you know. We're making money. Well, that's the other thing is you have put in a lot of work and kind of, again, I don't think you even have any, you don't have any optic on this, but for a guy like me, that's kind of like, I'm, I've shrunk my business and grown it and shrunk it and grown, you know, just based off of either what was going on in my personal professional life or whatever, for whatever reason, you've been very successful at finding your own space on the internet and using Instagram in a favorable manner to create more business for yourself. And you've, you're like a, you're kind of the, you know how Jeff G Holt is the guy that is driving the digital media platform right now that all of us that are trying to create content are following, or at least kind of, we know if we go in the, if we occupy the same space that he is with his shows and his events and stuff, we know we're going to, we're going to be able to piggyback on some of that. Yep. Well, shops like mine, I do the same thing. I'm kind of emulating what you're doing. You know, we went and got Snap Finance. I don't know if you guys, Mike, yep, do you yeah. use that in your shop yeah, too? Yeah, we got it. Thanks, Dan. Yeah. So, I mean, we've done we've done 15. I I told my my staff I wanted to, I wanted to try to do it like 25 or 30 thousand dollars this year in Snap business because, to me, the way that the beauty of that program is that that's business you would have lost. Yep. In my head, in my head, that's how I parse it out. So. If we can do twenty five or thirty thousand dollars in snap finance, that's twenty five or thirty thousand dollars that we wouldn't have gotten at all, and maybe nobody would have gotten it. Well, no, so it helps you know, the whole industry. The the hard part is uh, we ha we have some very expensive parts in our in our industry. Yeah, you know it's it's kind of hard to come up with fifteen hundred dollars for a set of shocks. Yeah, do you find yourself taking that in when when you're oh, yeah. doing that and you're like I couldn't have the motorcycles that I have if I wasn't in this business. No, that's why I'm in this business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I started my bike shop so I could get a discount. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a horrible choice. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what's better than owning your own boat, having a friend that owns a boat? Yeah. What's better than owning your own bike shop? Having a friend that owns a bike yeah. shop. <laughs> I never, I've never thought about it that way, but I think that's why I started it too, was just to get a good deal on yeah. part. My initial order with drag with 2003 was like all the shit I wanted to put on my butt. Yeah. <laughs> so, and here we are. Yeah, almost 20 years later and yep. you know hundreds of thousands of dollars and to and fro, you know. Yep. Oh god, that is funny. Yeah. That is funny. So, uh Oh shit. So Snap Finance. So, uh we we use several different finance companies at this point. <clears throat> But the idea was, okay, if I can find a way that a guy can buy a uh, an expensive part for a bike, because that's what and we make it want, affordable. and you don't, then you don't have to compromise. You're not saying, well, I wish I had that that fifteen hundred dollars set of shocks. I, let me. 
but I can't do it. I'm going to order the 400, which we all know the 400 is a piece of shit shot. It just looks like the $1,500 one like in the it, box when you pull it out. And it's not going to ride very well, and you're going to end up spending more money because now... Now your shocks are $1,900 yep, instead of $1,500. Correct. So we, we were able to find a finance company that allows a customer to pay it off and really not be penalized as long as they pay it off in 100 days, which most guys can do. Yeah, and I've know? used that as a sale, sales and marketing tool. Like, well, you know what? I'm just going to get this this month, and next month I'll get the other thing. I'm like, well, why don't you do them both? Not like a tuner and an exhaust, yep. or a tuner, exhaust, and an air cleaner. Or if somebody wants a cam, you know? I mean, yeah. it's pretty easy to spend 1500 bucks in the cam oh, cavity yeah. if you're going to oh, yeah. do it right. And, yep. and be you know, plate, oil pump, tensioners, Absolutely. new chain. Excuse me, new chains because we, you know, on twin cams yeah. we always change the chains. So I mean, that kind of stuff. Those are all tools that we yeah. have at our disposal, and and you're kind of that guy that all the other bike shops are kind of looking at. Like some people just deal locally, you know, and then other places are kind of an anomaly. They're they're internet only, and that that's yeah, the way so, they want to do it. But. So I, I think where I've been, or you know, and you, I'm guessing at this, but where I feel like I've been I'm pretty successful is. Um, when I wake up, I'm thinking about motorcycles. I think about motorcycles all day till I go to bed. And most of the time I'm dreaming about them, you know, uh, is he shifting and, and stuff in his sleep? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and I feel like not necessarily more than other people, but I'm a motorcycle guy through and through. This is my passion. This is what I believe. This is just who I am. And I like to build bikes. We ride the shit out of them, you know, and we're not just some guys sitting in some cubicle somewhere being a leech off the industry. Yeah. You know, we, or printing out TPS reports. You know, yeah. Or, no, no TPS yeah, reports yeah. here. <laughs> you know, uh, but you know, we're creating events for people to go to and have a good time. You know, uh, my buddy and I, we did the West coast FXR jam and that, you know, we do bike nights. We do, we try and give back to the motorcycle community um, because that's how we're all, all of our shops yeah. are going to survive. That's, we have to, you know, I always tell people this is the smallest billion dollar industry that I can think of. I, in my space, in, in, in Mike, you, you're one or two people away from getting a CEO on the phone of every company, except for maybe Indian and Harley. And, if we pushed, we could probably, you know, we could probably yeah. find out who they would at least prank call them. At least get <laughs> that far. Something. You know what I mean? I mean Send them a shitty there, email. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, you know, and they're, they're, we're in a very unique position. Do you, do you remember when the first time that you were able to take a breath? I mean, obviously, you know, you and I both started our careers around the same time. We both had a very similar arc uh, as far as, you know, making some mistakes and figuring things out and that. Do you remember when you were able to look around your life and you realize that things got normal again, like you were, you went home and, and, and when I say normal, like you weren't like living in a cardboard box or no, living, you know was, what I mean? Like it was a really rough road for a lot of years. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean you're like, we can't for, do this because of this and we can't, for, you know, for, vacations looked really weird. You know? For Yeah. For many years <laughs> it was, you know, or I didn't have a motorcycle. I had a motorcycle shop, but I had to sell my motorcycle to keep my bike shop open. That's a tough space. You know, and 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 you there. know, it was it was writing a check to the electric company, even though I didn't knew I didn't have no money in the bank, and and 
trying to sell some shit and hustle to get the money. You know, just the typical. I, I don't know if it's typical, but it's very. I, I I can tell you, it's very typical. I know, find myself in those positions from time to time, even now, because now that we've scaled things back up, we've created all these same problems we had when when yeah. you know when the thing first started because you the money comes fast and a lot of it comes in but, but it goes out it goes out just as fast if not faster sometimes right yeah so in I, when i didn't have a motorcycle for a good year and a half i went to work um aaron green and i are friends and he had paramount custom cycle and this is in 2007 he had he needed help at daytona and so i, I went down to daytona to work you know work his booth with him for the week because i just wanted to be in daytona and i have a fucking motorcycle yeah right. I walked around the whole. I I walked around the whole week. I okay. bummed rides, yep. getting here and there, and luckily everybody hung out on Main Street back then, you know, at night. So no one knew, you know, no one knew yeah, I did a motorcycle there. I had my, you know, I everybody knew who I was, so they just they never asked, you know, yeah. where's your bike at? I'm like, I, I'm, I'm walking to the hotel, <laughs> right, you know. I just got but out of my Prius, kind of a, or yeah, exactly. that was before Priuses, yeah, but, but you know, with my leather vest. Yeah, no Uber or nothing yeah. like that, you know. But that's a, I don't forget those things, and those oh, are the things you, you know, can't forget, right? No, you can't forget that stuff, but the, the man, where were we going with this? But Well, when when you realized that, okay. Oh, when I you realized. Could take a, you could feel, you felt, when you work for somebody else, you said it earlier that, you know, when you're just kind of sitting in a cubicle, things aren't high stakes. No. Right? You don't, you're not no. signing the front of the checks. No, usually. they're not. I mean, and typically, so, you know how much money you bring in in a month. Yeah, and so you know $493.59. If you don't spend more account, than that, you're okay. You're okay. But, but it's, it's, it's always high stakes. But to answer your question, it probably wasn't till 2015, maybe. You so know, we're talking I, five years ago. You know, I'm, yeah, I started my business in my very first shop was 2002. Right, a year before know? mine. I think you know, we, told, and, we talked about that, Jason. And so, yeah, that was a lot of years of. Yeah, you know, I'm 41, and I got a lot of gray hair. You know, <laughs> Listen, I can remember. I can rem You know, it's it's it was the you know because I had two little kids at the time when I started the bike shop. My kids don't really remember not having a motorcycle shop in the family, but you know, uh, hamburger helper and Karen having oh, yeah. to be real creative with some meals, <laughs> ham steaks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with melted cheese <laughs> and powdered potatoes. I mean, yeah, you know, it was kind of a weird deal. You know, because you try to insulate your family. Your wife and your kids Absolutely. from from the, the the bad decision that you made that created a negative outcome. It's it's kind of a weird deal. It's like a shell game almost with your yeah. even with your own family. Like, uh, no, it's not under there. <laughs> no. No, it's not. Which one do you think it's under? <laughs> well, that, that's another thing that you can't, or at least I find myself, you know, because we are playing high stakes. Yeah, big high stakes, big money, you know, out there on the line, and. <clears throat> That, that's definitely a challenge that if you're not in business, you can't even explain it to somebody. You, it's you try to explain difficult. it to somebody who's not in business and it's just, they're like, what, why would you do that? You know, very thankfully I have, and obviously you have, and Micah looks like you had have too. you, you have to have these guys that do it that are single. I don't even, I don't even, I can't even talk to them because they're, they don't have any of the, they don't have any of the high stakes once they turn the open sign off. Right. Because if you turn the open sign off, and I know you do this because I've watched you do it, you'll stay and you'll work till one in the morning if you need to. 
You decide yeah. how many hours you need to put in, right? Yeah, and thank so, God. Thank God Janine is behind me at 10,000%. Sure. But to a guy that doesn't have, that's not beholden to keeping things together at home too, you know, it's a credit to, to you and to you and to my wife that after all these years and all of the broken micro promises, you know, the, I call them micro promises. They're like, I'll be home at nine <laughs> and, and, and nine comes and goes and you're, you forget to text and you're like, you know, of course they're pissed because you, you didn't do what you said you were going to do, but it's a micro promise. You know what I mean? You're not there to tuck them in, but it, it still happens and it still yeah. creates, you know what I mean? You do that enough times and they feel like they're, they're kind of forgotten. And so no, it's, it's, you have to balance is what I'm trying to get at. There's only so many plates you can keep in the it's sky. It's a very difficult thing. So what I try and do is I try not to work late. I try and if I'm going to be there, I'm going to try and, you know, I'd rather wake up at 3 a.m. Yeah. You know, so I, I can spend time with the family in the evening, wake up stupid early, you know, and I'm more productive early in the morning than sure. I'm staying late at night. We but, all are. But, um, that's a depth. But you had to learn that too. No, you that, can't tell me that there wasn't a time nope. since 2002. Nope. There had to be at least one time where no, you, you, does, were at, well, you were at work yeah. and the sun came up still and you're like, shit, oh, I got yeah, a whole no. other day. It's no. Tuesday. It's not, it's not <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? No, I've it, done that. No, and I think as a young business owner, you equate. I you think it's fear driven. You, you think the more time I put in, the more money or the more successful I'm going to be and that doesn't work. That's no. not the equation. Do you feel like there's a certain point or do you feel like it happened to you where there was a certain point where your effort equaled your equity and it was because you did certain things, not necessarily all the decisions. Like it's real easy to go, I'm going to buy this motorcycle for 10,000 because I know I can sell it for, for 15. You, you know what the margin is there, right? Yeah. You got to take out some, some costs of shipping or yep, whatever, yep, but yep, yep. do you feel like there's a certain point where you're, your effort turned into equity and you were able to relieve some pressure on yourself through that? Or do you feel like it was purely a matter of a decision? No, I, I think it's just paying your dues really. You know, I think um, it's, it's some luck. It's paying your dues is being around in the industry long enough that your customers finally trust you. Right. That, that, you know, we're out here doing good things for, or trying, I'm trying to be a positive, positive person for the motorcycle industry. You're nothing but positive. You know, and <laughs> I've never, well, you, say, you wouldn't say shit if you had a mouth full of it. You just go, <laughs> 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 you know, <laughs> well, you know, and I walk around like a shit salesman with a mouth full of samples. So, so, so <laughs> we're very different. We let, balance each other out. We're good friends. <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you where this comes from. Okay. When I first started my shop, I was young. All right. And, uh, you know, there's some other shops in my area that were much more experienced. Right. Had been around longer. And that's what I was up against. And, you know, I came from waiting tables and, and customer service things. And, and believe it or not, if someone walks into your shop, th they're there because they want to spend money, right? Yeah. Then At some point in time. Yeah, 95 out of 100 of them are there because they want your services. So you don't have to tell them how shitty the other guy is because they're yeah. already in your shop. Exactly. You know, and 
what I found is by by decide making a decision that I'm not going to, I'm gonna, I can tell you what I can do good. The other guy, it's none of my business. Yeah, you know, and and by making that decision and deciding to stay positive, I think I make more sales. And that's at the end of the day, we're in the sales business. Where did your humility come from? Because you you have so much of it. Where you're, you know, you come off you you allow yourself to come off a little aw shucks at times, and it's and I don't know if that's I, it's obviously genuine, but I know that you have answers when when someone asks you a question, but you have like this this humility that's just it's 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 a very positive trait. <laughs> can, you know, can, uh, can you give me some? <laughs> It's it's not. I mean, I I try not to have an ego about anything, but you're like kind of the antithesis of that. Where everything you do, you're just you act like you're surprised all the time that all these good things are happening. I am. Are you? I am. I mean, he do, I mean, he just does a lot of good stuff. I've never heard him say anything like I said. He doesn't say shit. Uh, anything uh, shitty know, about anything. I, you know, I, I I've said this a lot over the last year or so, but you know, I feel like I'm living a fairy tale. I really do. I feel like I've won the lottery. I feel like I'm living a fairy tale. I've got a wonderful family, um, a wife that supports me in everything I do. If if it wasn't for Janine telling me uh, you need to be in Sturgis last year, yeah, you. I was gonna say he told me a story about like you're like what you 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 have to go. Like it was a moral imperative that you saw that that he didn't you know that he didn't take stock of. Yeah, because no. you you keep your. Because you got your head down and you're working, and it's that all shucks party where you're yeah. like, ah, oh, well, you know, I'll just stay here another. I can go to Sturgis next year. And, well, no, it was. And if you didn't come to Sturgis this year, last year rather, and do what you did, and and bring your family here, and let everybody meet your kids, and I can't remember your son's name. His name's Ryder. Ryder, right? Yep. And so bring Gwen and Ryder here, and and expose your daughter to that, which is amazing. Because Amanda told me this year she really wants to come. She told me she wants to get a job out here, and I'm like, you're not going to be a bar. She's <laughs> yeah, not doing no, that. No, no. But um, I, you can come work for us. We'll find something for you to do here. But um, by you doing that, it got you to where you're at now, to where you you you're moving on to getting this yellow shirt, which is I know important to you, and it's something that you know I've. It's a pursuit that I've looked into and don't have the roadmap yeah. to do it. And it's everybody has a different journey, and that's yeah, why. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't be where you are if you not been here last year. No. Even if you showed up this year with all the pieces and parts that you brought, nope. the Pro Street, the M8, you know, uh, Mike and Amanda and your wife and everybody, It last year you, you showed everybody your who you truly were yeah, and you were so like last year you were like this is amazing like no, it, like you like you didn't it, know that this existed and i'm like no, how, was, how do you not know right you because know? for so many years i just showed up to my shop and i didn't leave those four walls and i just kept working the funny part was that he was so surprised that people liked your stuff that was the thing that you were like you're like i didn't know that i it's like you didn't know you were good at something you know what well, i mean you're like I, you were happy to do it and that's that's no, that's that means the world of people who like what you do. Well, well you know, for me, it's and, and I, I mean this with a hundred percent sincerity, and and I think it's it's a good trait for me, and I, I hope it never changes. But when I when I'm walking around a bike show, I told said this earlier, like you know, I I'm looking at everybody else's bike, saying, "Fuck, I don't stand a chance," <laughs> you know, right? and. And because there are so many talented people, there's so many amazing, amazing bikes out there and all that. And then 
you know, like last year we got a best couple best in shows and, you know, it was just a really amazing year where it was just like, holy shit, this is, this is insane. Well, I feel like you kept yourself in an echo chamber for a long time of like, like you, you picked like, this is my lane. So I'm just going to stay here. You did the West Coast FXR thing. Yeah. Your bikes have, you know, you, you, all of your bikes have this essence of what you do in them. I don't know if you know that or not, but okay. you, you're kind of identifiable just all for right. a couple things that you do. And so that's a good thing to have, no, right? I mean, so to have like a signature to where people know that that's what you're, they think they're looking at one of your bikes, even if they don't know they are, because you, you do a couple of things that are decidedly yours. And then you get out of that echo chamber, like, thank God Janine told you you had to come yeah, here and no. you had to figure it out. And then you Absolutely. find out that, that there's people that there's people you don't already know that are nice people that want to want to know you and want to like you and all yeah. that stuff. And so you have, you've kind of created that you have created this, this didn't just happen is what I'm trying to say. No, like you're like, no. I live in a fairy tale. I'm like, well, no, there's no, there's there no was, Walt Disney artist drawing this, you know, no, the, the no, comic no, strip no, of your no, life. No. You, but, you made this happen by, you know, good givers are good getters. Russell Simmons no. said that. And so you're getting good because you do good things. And the organization that you decided to align yourself with, because the first time I ever heard about you, we learned, and you haven't even mentioned this to me. We have never had this conversation other than one time. You're also a Mason. Yes. And so that's one of the most benevolent societies or benevolent groups in society anyways. I mean, yeah. they've been good givers for hundreds of years. Yeah, no, it's, that's uh you peel back those layers and you're actually, if I'm not mistaken, you're actually pretty high up in that, in that space. I, I'm, a, I'm a past master. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's, you know, I mean, you've put in, you don't, they don't just let you no, show it, up. It's no, not it, like uh it's not like you're part of a, uh, you know, you're not the it's not the Moose Lodge. No, you know what I mean. Uh, you know, I've never been a Moose kinda. member. I don't. No, but the Moose Lodge is the, that was my, what my family did. It was yeah. based on how many beers you could drink. Okay, <laughs> definitely more a social club. Definitely more social. Where this is, I mean, you have to do no, good this works. Masonry is about being self improvement, basically. Yeah, you know, it's it's what we talked about earlier. Surrounding yourself with people who are. You want to be the dumbest guy in the room, basically. Yeah. So for me, you know, my my parents were uh, products of the seventies. I was raised by grandma, <laughs> you know. So I started a business young, but I didn't have anybody to really like go say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" or 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 anybody to you know, no real positive role models, you know. Um, so I, I was lucky enough to stumble upon, you know, masonry and, and for me that's you know, that that's what was awesome. I could go hang out once a week with a bunch of old guys because a lot of them are like seventy, yeah. eighty, you know, they're old. But they know a lot of stuff. But they know a lot of stuff. <laughs> and uh you're able to sit down with them and just you know, if anything, just learn by osmosis. Yeah. You know, I mean, and good and, energy in the room. Exactly, you know, and and one of the most awesome things I, I learned was even seventy-five-year-old guys think fart jokes are funny. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that, that that was awesome. That's good, right? You know? yeah. So I figured that once that happened, I realized I never have to grow up. Right. You know? And uh, but you know that that's an amazing organization. I'm I'm blessed enough to be part of it. And then uh, believe it or not, so. You know, we've been doing the hamster thing. You know, we went to the dinner the other night, and and you know they raised a hundred and sixty thousand dollars in one night for the 
the Lifescape Children's Hospital Incredible. thing here. Isn't that amazing? Which is amazing. And and it, it for me, the 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 hams, you know, and I maybe I'm speaking out of place and I'm just speaking from the heart and hopefully I don't offend anybody, but the hamsters feel it feels like home because it's it's motorcycles. Right. It's guy part of the qualifications is you gotta eat, breathe, and sleep motorcycles, motorcycles. which I do. Yep. And they do good work, you know. So it's like, man, what, what an organization. Yeah, there's not much more you can, if you're going around filling other people's buckets up. That's, yeah. I mean, what more can you ask out of a yeah. out of a fellow human being you know? than somebody who oh, wants to kind of see see you do better? Yeah, you know. So, so for me, that that's why, you know, uh, you know, all my all my heroes in the industry there, you know. It's an organization that is great work, the people, you know, and on and on. So that's why I chose to go after that and go after it as hard as I possibly could. I think you're could. a good fit. You know, so, and that's how that pro street came about was I better build that bike. So I <laughs> took it, come I, correct. <laughs> I took it real seriously, you know, cause I didn't want to show up with some half-assed bullshit and you know, I, I wanted to show up and be like, okay, here I am. And, and. Not that uh, you know I'm better than anybody else in the room because I'm I'm definitely yeah. not, but at least that they understood that I took that seriously. Right. You know. So let's circle back around to the move you're making. Okay. So is Gwen going to be able to? Is Gwen going to relocate with you to yeah, Tennessee? She can't wait. Okay. She so can't I wait. mean that can that can be a tough thing sometimes, right? And I'm sure yeah. Ryder's probably over the moon, right? Yeah, Ryder. He doesn't care as long as it is the internet works and there's video games. So yeah. right last night and, was that uh, last night or night before we were at that dinner, night before. Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting at the the hamster dinner right, and it's about to start, and I'm, you know, it's a little overwhelming because it sure. was my first one, you know, and there's just a lot to take in, and they're they're about to start, and my phone rings. It's my mother-in-law, and she's like, "Hey, you know, right, Ryder really wanted to hear from you, you know, and and." So I jump out, I run out of the meeting, you know, or not a meeting. It's a big sure. banquet dinner. So it's not like it was a, out of place or anything, but I run out. Hey, what's up, buddy? You know, how's it going? He's like, Hey, uh, dad, do you know the code to my Nintendo? I really want to buy some, buy a, a Fortnite, a new, game. a new game. It had nothing to do with missing me. It was more of a, eh, would you buy me something? <laughs> you know, Ryder doesn't give a shit about moving to Tennessee. He'll do whatever we want him to do. <laughs> He just, you know, sure. You know, he's not at the age right now. He, he, as long as he can ride his dirt bike or you know, and all that kind of thing, he'll definitely cool. be able to do that. Oh yeah, Tennessee is latent with uh, with trails yeah. and outdoor activities, and I, you know, I I have to believe from what I see from afar and what I hear from from you and other friends that California has is maybe a little bit past its prime and doesn't offer yeah, the same sad. opportunities for families as what it used to and businesses yeah. and. And without you know, without getting no, we're we're not going to get deep weird about it. But I mean, it, no, it's it's not what you're comfortable with. And but but bottom line is, what it, it's a it's like two different countries. When you go to a lot of parts of this country, there's not people sleeping in the streets. Right. There's not trash everywhere you look. Right. You know, there's not a guy smoking meth walking down the street like it's okay <laughs> right. yeah you know? like, like it's okay right like, you know, like, like what? what are you looking because at because the cops have their hands tied <laughs> they can't do anything you know so the criminals have kind of won you know so yeah. um 
And then you travel and you go other places that where it's not like that. And you're going, Oh wow. It's it's. And then you go back home and it's kind of a culture shock, you right. know? So it, it's, it's very bittersweet. I'm, I'm very blessed that hopefully we're going to have this opportunity, but at the same time, I'm sure it's going to go through <laughs> everybody. I know all the, all the relationships I've made in business over the last, you know, 18 years, I guess. And, you know, I mean, I've got customers who've been with me the whole time Isn't that you know? great? and, and the people and, you know, it's, I like going to the grocery store and somebody saying, Hey, you know, and, yeah. you know, you, you know, we're in a fairly big city. And now you get to start over again with all that yeah, and make new friends and make new memories and stuff. No, it, so. it's anyway, you know, but it, the California thing is, you know, you said it's past its prime. It's, it's for what I do for a living, you know, all the. All, we can't do any performance stuff. We can't do any of the stuff I like to do anymore there. Uh, Mike and I just got a uh, uh, a deal from California Air Resources Board threatening us with $37,500 fines per occurrence. Well, I don't know about you. That's enough for me to say, you know, the three or 400 bucks or a thousand bucks I'm going to make on your performance job isn't worth isn't it. Isn't worth the risk, you know? Yeah. And how. That's fucking lame. Yeah, <laughs> no. Know? For for la for all intents and purposes, it's it's not sustainable. No, I mean, I can't I can't risk everything I've worked over my whole life so that some dude can get a cam and a big more kid, right? Yeah. You know, because I don't know if that guy is going to work for the California yeah. Air Resources Board. He might do it. Yep. And once once you're found, in, so I've never been in violation. I'm just guessing here, but what I've been told is. Once, once they find you in violation, now they're digging through your books. They're going to put you out of yeah, business. Yeah, no thanks. I'm out. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have to, you know, we've already changed the way we do things in California. We, we're just not doing that stuff, which customers look at you like you're retarded. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's just how it is. You know, I, 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 can't, I can't risk it all. So are you guys going to ride back to California, or are you putting them in a No, trailer? I'm riding. Are you? Janine's jumping on a plane. Janine and Amanda are jumping on a plane on, on Thursday. But Mike and I are, and a few other people are going to ride back and do the whole deal. Full circle. Can we talk about that Leading Edge 129 kit? Yeah, I'd love to. Tell me about it. So we did a, a build um, with 300 miles on this 2020 Lowrider ass. We pulled the... I pulled it down with just the intention of slapping some cylinders, piston, the leading edge stuff, the cams, just the quick bolt on stuff. And uh, the flywheel is eight thousandths run out. Really? You know, with 300 it's miles a bit high. on it. But it's, it's within spec. Is it really? Yes, that's still within spec. So I ended up splitting the cases, sending them out to Dark Horse, you know, so I can get the flywheels done up. And, you know, we put all the fueling parts and, and uh, the leading edge, um, 129 cylinders, pistons. I had a, a buddy of mine in uh, Vallejo do the cylinder head work, the HPI throttle body, the big injectors, all that good stuff. RB racing pipe. RB right? racing pipe. Arlen Are you sponsored by them? No, I, I should be, but. Because all your bikes have <laughs> RB pipe on them. They sound good. They're fucking cool, man. I love them. Yeah. And I love that, that they're a cantankerous old 
like oh, way you talk to the lady she's kind of nice and if you talk to the older guy he's like asking you why you would want to do something like that just yeah. do i've never had anybody tell me just just do this and it's somebody else's part yep. <laughs> like that's the most honest thing in the world and yeah now i have to buy your exhaust sir yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know and then so i i, I like their pipes they're just high quality they produce good norm numbers on the dyno um and they sound bitching. They do. You know, so. It, so you're happy it, with the HPI it, stuff? Oh, the HPI. All the parts are great. So, and the test of it all was when Mike and I were riding through the desert. And it gets with hot. A, with a cruise control set at 100 miles an hour. At 112 degrees. Yeah, but at 112 degrees, you know, uh, we were pushing these bikes extremely hard. It never got hot, never nothing. It just, just kept on ticking. There you go. So. Are you tuning it with a power vision? Yeah, that's a power vision on that one. You have a dyno, right? Yep. The yeah, which, you can have a dyno in Tennessee. Yeah, so the 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 dyno is going to come out of California and move Might to as Tennessee. Well. No, I you can't do yeah. it. I can't. Yeah. I can't use it. And, you know, so basically, uh, need to get a shipping service where you can ship engines over from California to. Well, no, it's whole bikes. Just well, do no, it in Tennessee and then let the customer ride it back. Yeah, That's whatever. What do. Yeah, the, Not my problem. You got to show up and pay with cash. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and show up in the middle of the night. <laughs> no, I mean, like, you could just sell I, it through your Tennessee, you know, like a fuel moto kind of deal. No, it's it's insane. There, so forever, S&S, we were, we were able to order S&S parts up to, what, three, four months ago? Memorial right? Day. Yeah, Memorial Day. Memorial Day. You know, and... This is a real thing. This is a real about? thing. So S and S, this is a whole other podcast. So yeah, yeah mm -hmm. well they're they're not tonight. I, I don't. <laughs> I know you're tired. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just get, you know obviously S and S has no they have nothing in California. They don't have a warehouse. You know I you know, I don't know the legal stuff about there, but they quit shipping in California because they don't want to face the fines. And they're big, you know. I don't know how big SNS is, but they're much bigger than Team Dream Rides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if they're not doing it, I'm yeah. not doing it either. Wow. You know, so, um, yeah, it's something that, you know, I'm not willing to smuggle parts in for people, you know, that kind of thing. But Team Dream Rides is coming to Marysville, Tennessee, and you will be able to buy online. Yeah. <laughs> no, I you mean, can't ship into no, California. Or no, whatever, I, I, I ship I ship performance parts all over all over the country every day, mm -hmm. just not to California. God, you know? That's such a weird deal. Which is weird because that's where I live. Yep. You know, but um, and that's where a huge motorcycle scene is. So it's kind of scary to see what that's going to look like in ten years as. I mean, forever it's been illegal, but it's kind of been like, eh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, well. Like cutting the tag off a mattress or something. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> eh, whatever. But with these fines, they're threatening. And then, you know, basically saying, hey, that race waiver shit you guys came up with, that ain't going to cut it. It's clever, though. It's clever, right? It's clever. But it says right in that letter we got from Carb says, hey, don't even try and show us a race waiver. We don't fucking care. So, um, God love it. Yeah. So that's why we're going to Tennessee. Good. All right. Well, we'll wrap and, it up there, man. Yeah. When we, want. yeah, no, whatever. Uh, <laughs> what were you going to say? <laughs> no, but in Tennessee, we will build you some bitchin' motors. <laughs> well, it, you guys are moving to Tennessee. I will definitely come up and visit you up there. Awesome. It's only like eight hours or 10 hours away. Uh, I no, think. likewise. So yeah, you guys got to come to Florida. We so will. Ready. 
he's you know December fifth and sixth. This wheels of steel, the Central Florida wheels of steel yep. at the RP Funding Center in downtown Lakeland, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty three minutes from Disney World. Yeah. So, cool man. Thanks. So I guess one other little thing yeah. is, uh, you know, this is real important to me. Um, anybody who has a bike shop out there, you know. If you ever need somebody, you know, just to bounce an idea off of, hit me up on Instagram. You know, I'm I'm an open book. Yeah. You know, I, and I know you are as well. Yeah, I appreciate you know? that. That's it. I think we need to share that information. You no, know, and, and I think we need, you know, maybe some of us guys who have had independent shops for a little bit longer, you know, we need to maybe do what we talked about. Yeah. That that's you know, independent shop alliance or whatever where we something you know, a you consortium know, so where we share information. We can share ideas, we can say what's working for me, what's working for you, you know, that kind of thing, so that so that all of us can succeed succeed. I have some ideas on how to put this together in, in some very easy in a very easy space. Um, you know, we don't have to make we could scale it up over time, but I think out of the onset I could probably think of five or six dudes yeah. that, that we could do a Zoom meeting, you know, limit yeah. the time, give everybody a time to, to talk about it. But um, it's definitely something I'd like to roll out here in yeah. the next in the next. Uh, I'm 100 percent on board so. because I really wish when I was younger, somebody said, hey, don't do that. Do this. There was somebody going, hey, eh, have you thought hey, about this? Maybe <laughs> that's not a good idea. And maybe when the young John would have said, fuck you, I'll do what I want. Well, <laughs> but. He still says that. Right. You know, <laughs> but, you know, maybe I would have listened to a little bit of things and it yeah. would have, you know, caused me a lot less heartache. That would have been great for <laughs> right? me too. I didn't get a lot of good advice. <laughs> no. Uh -uh. I just got a lot of do it, do it. Yeah, I faked it till I made it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, all of us. So. Cool, man, thanks. Right on. Mike, thank you. Janine, thank you for letting me borrow him for uh, an extra hour and a half today. You guys both look gassed out. You were at Mount Rushmore, yeah. so we'll end yeah. it right here. All right, man. Well, thanks, thanks for having me. Yep. You have been listening to the Hell on Wheels podcast with your host, Jason Holman. Thank you for listening. <laughs>